The life that God has called you to should look radically different than most. It's a very good thing to stand out and be different when what's setting you apart from the world is your love for the Lord. Don't be afraid to live a life in worship of Him. Don't be afraid to be holy. Hey everyone, and welcome to the Inadequate Catholic Podcast. My name is Olivia, and I'm really happy that you're here. Thanks for hanging out with me. When I was in college, I read an article about a well-known Catholic actor in Hollywood, and in his interview, he was asked how he balanced faith with work. And he said, my Catholic faith is very important to me. I go to Mass when I can. And me and my loud judgmental opinion at the time scoffed and thought, really? When you can? Way to show God he's a priority in your life. It wasn't until years later that I finally understood what he meant by this. Because suddenly, I was working in the same industry, and I had so many jobs that I barely had time to sleep and eat, much less pray. I worked almost every single day of the week, gig after gig, for weeks on end. I didn't have time for anything. Friendships, relationships, nothing. Because my work was so abundant. But I find that an abundance of blessings is oftentimes followed by an abundance of suffering. And for me... My spiritual life began to suffer. Actually, it really didn't exist at all. It didn't involve lighting a candle and sitting by my Bible and journaling for 45 minutes every morning, because most days, my time was not my own. It was constantly being distributed to whomever needed what I could provide, be that a lost PA looking for set or a frantic department head who forgot to pick up props the night before. And one time, after a 16-hour travel and prep day, I spent the next morning standing outside of a FedEx at 2.30 a.m., begging the delivery drivers to dig my packages out of trucks that I could see sitting behind the gate. The same packages that were supposed to have arrived three days before we even got to town. And finally, at 6.30 a.m., I got my packages, and I barely made it to set for a 7 a.m. call time to start a very full 12-hour shoot day. I can assure you I didn't start my day with an hour of prayer, but I had the wardrobe. And eventually, I had missed Mass so often that people began telling me I was in a state of mortal sin and that I could not possibly be doing God's work if it required me to be away from Him that often. They told me I should wake up 45 minutes earlier to make time for prayer. But my question was, if I went to bed at 1 o'clock in the morning and my call time is at 5 a.m., don't I need those four hours to rest? Rest is crucial to our well-being. In the creation story, God rested. And he's God. But regardless, that notorious Catholic guilt started to creep up. Now that said, I think Catholic guilt has its place. I think oftentimes it's the result of a well-formed conscience that reminds us of what's right and wrong. But regardless, through all of that, I had developed this immense guilt about missing Mass so often because of my workload. And finally, I went to confession about it and sought some spiritual direction, and I said, Father, I'm in a state of mortal sin. I've missed Mass the last three Sundays. And he said, well, why is that? And I said, well, because I work production, and some days I can't get away. And he said, well, did you ask for the time off? And I said, yes, I asked for either one hour Saturday night or one hour Sunday morning, but the producers always say no. And he said, well, how is that a mortal sin? You didn't intentionally miss Mass. You asked for the time off. You did your due diligence, and God did His. So if you must miss Mass, why not offer your intentions and actions of the day as your prayer instead? 
I think oftentimes we have a misrepresented idea of who God is. And how can we know everything about him, right? We can't. He's already said his thoughts are above our thoughts and his ways are above our ways. But I think sometimes we get so caught up in God being a judge that we forget that God is also a father. And sometimes fathers say no. And perhaps it's odd to think that God would allow the answer to such an important question be no, but maybe it's for the purpose of allowing him to use us in a different way, perhaps when we haven't expected. The place I was at in that time in life required me to make a lot of adjustments, some that I was not necessarily wanting to make. But instead of avoiding prayer, I just changed it. And every day started with, Lord, let today be exactly as you have ordered it to be. I consecrate to you my thoughts, words, actions, joys, sufferings, sorrows, successes, and failures of today. Do with me as you will. And that was it. Short, sweet, to the point. And suddenly I was able to see that God actually uses us in the way that he needs us. And for me at that time in life, he needed for me to show up on set, do good work, and be Christ-like to the people I met. And my gift to my coworkers, usually unbeknownst to them, was my prayer for their intentions or a quiet prayer offered at the beginning of the day that we might have a successful shoot. And I would always end with, God, allow me to be a blessing to someone today. As Christians, it seems that sometimes we get caught up in being the perfect Christian. We read our Bible, we go to church, we say our rosary, and our spiritual lives become some sort of a checklist. If you complete these, you're a good Catholic. If you don't, you fail. I've bought into that, but now I've come to appreciate the way that God works in my life. I have been challenged to change my perspective and see things as being given the opportunity to invite him into my day in an unconventional way. But it doesn't stop there, because now I have the opportunity to then double my sacrifice. And on my next day off, when I would rather just sleep the day away, I have the privilege of making the decision to get up early and go to Mass to make up for the one that I missed. When my life looks that chaotic, he already knows what I'm able to give him. And he knows the desire of my heart. My desire was to be with him at Mass. I can't outsmart him. He already knows. And if I don't get what I want, then he has ordered that to be so. But he's going to use me in some other way. Now, that's not to say that life's chaos gives you an excuse not to get up and go to Mass because you simply don't want to or it's inconvenient or to intentionally busy your life so much that you can't go to Mass by your own doing. That's most certainly something we must be cognizant of. But I think restructuring our perception of him is critical. He's not only in the tabernacle. He's not only at Mass. He is everywhere. Look at the lives of the saints. Most of them were incarcerated for much of their lives and were never given the opportunity to join him at Mass. St. Paul spent a majority of his life in prison, and look what he accomplished. He wasn't able to talk to anyone, but God met him exactly where he was. In the 1990s, during the Rwandan genocide, in her biography Left to Tell, Immaculate Illibikiza tells of the time where she was hidden in a bathroom with 12 other people for over three months. They weren't able to attend Mass, but they offered their rosary, sometimes multiple, and prayer intentions daily. And it would have been easy for them to abandon him out of convenience, but they didn't. They simply sought him out in different ways. In my case, he's already on that film set with me. He was in that box truck with me, driving to New Orleans. 
He was already in New Orleans at the FedEx at 2.30 in the morning waiting for me. And how comforting it is to know that he's already there. And if I don't get released to go to Mass, all of that is ordered by him, and he does not feel the need to check in with me to see if I'm okay with it. A few years ago, I was working Christmas Eve at the Grand Old Opry, and I didn't have time to go to Christmas Mass. And I was really upset about it. And a few of the actors and I got together and we decided to pray for our show, pray for the audience, and pray for its success. So we all formed one huge circle, held hands, and prayed together in the wings of the Grand Old Opry stage. And afterwards, one of the stage carpenters came up to me and said, I have been working in this industry for 49 years, and I have never seen anyone pray like that before a show. That was incredible. Thank you. Last year, my college writing professor asked me if I would be willing to talk to his freshman class and discuss my success in Hollywood. I laughed deeming myself successful, since I was usually the kid who walked around and picked up trash and made sure everyone's coffees were filled on set, but I graciously accepted the invitation. Essentially, it was him asking me interview-style questions, and then there was some room reserved at the end for students to ask their questions. And there was one question that a girl asked me that stopped me dead in my tracks. She said, okay, so you're a practicing Catholic, right? And I said, yes, I am. And she said, so you just talked about how sometimes you have 16 to 20 hour days on set for multiple days in a row with no set schedule. Do you also work weekends? And I thought, "Uh (laughs) uh-oh, here it comes. But I said, yes, I do. And she said, okay, well, how do you balance a personal life and a life with God when your days look like that? And I thought back to that article I'd read years ago in the exact same school she was sitting in now. And I laughed and I said, well, I manage my time with my family. They know that if I'm working, I probably won't be in touch for a few days. And then I said the exact same words I read in that article. My Catholic faith is very important to me. And I go to Mass when I can. Instead of shaming ourselves for everything we don't do right, perhaps we flip it and look at it in a different light. Yes, going to Mass and partaking in the sacraments are of the utmost importance, but sometimes the hands we're dealt requires us to be creative in our pursuit of God and our pursuit of sainthood. And God is not unreasonable with us. He does require that we do our part, but our job is to simply ask Him what He wants and be willing to do it. And as a Catholic, how blessed are we that we have orders of nuns and monks whose life work it is to fast and pray for us. They are praying for the soldiers in the battlefield. In college, a girl asked, God wants us to be with him, so why can't we sit in adoration all day and just pray for the people who asked us to pray for them? And my theology professor said, well, what good does that do anyone? And she said, well, I'm praying for them, and that's what they asked for. And he said, yes, but how are you helping them? Where is your corporal work in that? If we never leave the church or adoration— and we only stay in our small Catholic circle of friends who think just like us, how do we expect to bring him into the world? How do you expect others to encounter him when they don't encounter you? You are called to be disciples of all nations. And part of that is taking responsibility for your role in that. Get up, go into the world, and be with those who need him. And when you get there, Ask what he wants of you, and be brave. Thanks for listening. Redemptor
per infinita secula seculorum. Pax Christi venios, Deo gratias. Amen. I'm Olivia Palmer, and you've been listening to the Inadequate Catholic Podcast. You can follow us on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube. If you haven't already, please go to Apple Podcasts and subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. Join us next time for another inadequate conversation, and thanks for listening.